What is up? And welcome to another episode of the Gift of Gaming podcast. Do you like monkeys? Do you like spies? Do you like pirates? Do you like bears who have birds as pals? Well, then this episode is for you. The Gift of Gaming podcast. All right, I'm your host, Darren Wade, the old reliable. Here every week, I got nothing better to do. But on this week's episode, I'm joined by my good pals, Luke and Craig. So, Mr. Xbox Games Pass himself, Luke Maycock. How the hell are you, buddy? I'm great, man. It's good to be on the Rare episode. I'm a big, dumb baby when it comes to Rare, so I'm, I'm looking forward to learning some new stuff about the history of the company and that kind of thing. So, for those who didn't know, this episode's about Rare. Thanks for the spoiler, Luke. Oh, I thought, I thought you teed that up well enough. Oh, I'm so sorry. I ruined everything. Well, that's it. You're fired. You're out of the podcast. <laughs> but also with me today is Craig the Critical Nolan. Craig, how are you feeling? How you doing, Darren? Thanks for having me on. No, yeah, I'm good. I'm, good. I'm doing good, man. I'm happy. I'm excited about this episode, talking about some serious games from my past. So for those who didn't know, the episode was going to be a bit rare, a big surprise. But it's a rare, <laughs> the company. I hope you're all excited about that. So yeah, we kind of thought we'd... Well, actually, before we get into it, like, yeah, let's, not, let's not rush this, fellas. Mm. How you been? What games are you playing? Luke, have you been playing anything recently? Uh, yeah, I'm actually tr- trying to rack my brains and remember what I've been playing. As always, I've been playing a bit of League of Legends because I hate myself. Um, but also, I played a bit of Metal Hellsinger again because I only played that on... Uh, what, what was it? The Cloud Gaming Service last time and it was kind of not a great game for that. Mm-hmm. So I fired up a bit of that. I played through a couple of worlds on it and it was pretty fucking fun. It is it, a fun game. Yeah. It was, it was a, it's a cool idea and I kind of sunk my teeth into it a little bit deeper. Gave it a bit more of a chance and it was grand. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot. That's, not a lot. that's been you. What about you, Craig? And it's been a, a weird one for me as well because I'm still playing Fire Emblem Engage but like my interest is waning is dwindling massively which is like i mean that's a pure sign that it's not a great fire emblem game because you're usually quite excuse i I, I cleared the last one three times you're usually quite engaged three houses yes yes yes. i was trying to think of a pun and i was like my attention is so dwindling (laughs) (laughs) not engaged less engaged no so if you were to give it a mark out of 10 off the top of your head so far where where you Uh, for fire emblem standards it's so far down the list like you know i mean and for me like the sacred stones is like the highlight followed by like the games with ike like path of radiance and radiance dawn like they really had large scale like stories to tell whereas this one is really just you know, there's an evil bad guy. Let's fight the evil bad guy. And all the characters just want to beat the bad guy and yeah. are all universally, like, jolly. And not they have no, like, past, present, or, you know, really anything going on other than, like, their country is at stake. Which you know, e- with, each, with each iteration of Fire Emblem, I have felt that the narrative has taken a hit. With Three Houses, it got a little bit better but i felt even then with three houses it was the same story told three times with a different color oh it was completely but at least yeah. in three houses you know there was like three rival factions type of way yeah. and you know they were all like under the one roof and you didn't really know what way it was going and there was a couple of twists in there which i won't spoil but i mean this one is just so much like the one with Corin with uh fates i think it was called it's yeah. just so vanilla you know? yeah it's a pity i myself i'm excited today because today i can play Hogwarts Legacy. Speaking of which, I better do some housekeeping for the podcast for all our listeners. So, uh, we've got our normal episodes, which happen every single week. Uh, It's these ones where we just chat shit about whatever. Um, Sorry, that's as good as it gets, everybody. Um, (laughs) And then at the end of every month, we have a news episode. But um, kind of in addition to our normal programming, we are hoping to introduce this thing called the Gift of Gaming Club, where we will 
talk about games that you know a couple of us will play together not together but we'll be playing at the same time and we'll meet up usually kind of four weeks after it's come out and kind of talk about how we're getting on with what we like and what we don't like and the first one we've chosen for our gift of gaming club is hogwarts legacy so it comes out this week so for all our listeners who are keen on buying it and want to kind of like it's not exactly like a play along but if you want to get your teeth sunk into it and hop back on four weeks from now a month from now whatever else and listen to us kind of talk about how we feel it's going up to that point because you know we all have full-time jobs none of us here are gonna maybe i might finish that game before the next one <laughs> i might put some hours <laughs> some serious hours into that so yeah so that's kind of a new episode that's coming up it won't interrupt your regular programming of bullshit mm-hmm. talking that we do uh but it'll be there added in so uh yeah so this week it comes out a couple of us are going to get it we're going to play it and we'll kind of meet up uh, in a month's time to discuss how we're getting on with it we kind of it will probably be a spoiler-esque thing we'll talk yeah. about like let's see who who has gotten the least furthest in the storyline and that's probably as far as we'll go debating the storyline but we'll talk about all mm-hmm. the the tips and tricks that we've learned right. cool things and like you know and hopefully we'll do that regularly as games go on but our first one it will be hogwarts legacy and which this will... won't be like a review or anything right we'll just be sitting around talking about the game yep. so for all our listeners who would maybe think oh let's wait a month and see how they feel about it that's not what we're no. doing <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give a review on the likely 40 percent of the game we'll have <laughs> finished so if you're looking for a full review we're not your people yeah. we don't have the time to do so that so buy it now and don't wait for our don't opinion. wait for us yeah yeah because we ain't finishing it for a while yeah so that's kind of what's up and coming with the with the podcast that's what i'm hoping to get my teeth sunk into today and otherwise i have hopped back into the world of uh triangle strategy i've taken that up again oh yeah because i played it for a little bit but then horizon forbidden west came out and that just disappeared off the face of the earth and triangle strategy terrible name great game yeah (laughs) terrible terrible name awful name like completely you won't remember that that that, you know doesn't stick in the mind at all but my god is it, is it a fun game hard game but fun game yeah. and also Luke you didn't say it you didn't say it but you know I was I was there watching you the other night you're a fall guys professional now oh that's what else I was playing yeah I yeah completely forgot. don't sell yourself short man <laughs> yeah I played fall guys for the first time this week it was sick so to put it in perspective I've been playing fall guys since it came out I've never won Luke's I've never won either but I didn't realize you had to physically grab that crown when you jump so I failed like four or five times you know that final mini game where you have to race to the crown yeah but when you jump up, to, you actually physically have to press a button to grab it. Yep. And every time I played that game, I just jumped and he never grabbed it. And I always just oh, so pop my, my jumpers off. Yeah. I'd like to say I should have. I'd like to say that's my excuse as well, but I've never gotten to the crown to grab it. So I've just been terrible. But lo and behold, I just walk in and Luke's playing Fall Guys. I'm like, how you doing? He's like, I won the last two games. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm awful at Fall Guys, I've learned. And Luke's great. I always, I always looked at people playing it and I was like, yeah, this is a game I'd be good at. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like a spatial thing it's just it's just my kind of game like i don't it's just the kind of thing that i by that you mean you have high speed internet (laughs) (laughs) yeah super well i have the same listen craig i have the same speed internet as darren does so if i can Uh, do you didn't have to rub it in like that you know no it was uh, i try i try do you know what i don't know what it was so yeah we played uh, a couple of nights ago yep and we were kind of handing the controller off back and forth and you got to the final round down I, to one person yeah you and one this was the person. closest i've ever won i uh, got to win in fall guys craig it was it was a 1v1 on this level where the the, the ground's dropping uh, below you slowly but you also get to pick up these balls that will slowly blow up so you can toss them to the guy Ooh. fall guys has come a long way since it's we played a, it the first that's time that's definitely by the way. a new game yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was me it was i and you know me and this guy we, we got the rest of them out it was just me and him and i was like this is it i like luke's watching me lauren's watching me they, 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 they know like I, they, they know i've never won this is my big moment just my, my big gaming 
moment and uh, no he whooped me and I died and um, yeah I was that was hard that was a hard one to it take was, it was so sad as well because you played a round before that and didn't get past the first round and you're like oh no I'm going to bed and me and Lauren were like no play one more game I could have been my my <laughs> crowning moment yeah Darren yeah, describe me. Luke and Lauren's face as you turned around having been defeated both of them laughed first <laughs> which hurt and then they both were sympathetic which was nice you know but they laughed first i remember that good one. good like that they <laughs> had their priorities straight <laughs> yeah. you know no fall guys is fun but you know i thought i it was worth bringing that up because i was very impressed with your two wins having never seen a win in that game you know <laughs> i it was something about you know i'm gonna play down at the success that i had because i played it on we had a bank holiday here on monday a new bank holiday in the country and Yahoo! i yeah i was kind of doing nothing in the middle of the day so i hopped on and the people that were playing on the middle of a Monday weren't great. Like it was, it wasn't too hard. I won twice in a row and then I got to the Don't final Don't say yourself round. short, Luke. I've played it every time on every day and I've never won. <laughs> okay, fair. I'll, t- I'll take the W then. No, it's, it's good. It's fun. Super fun game. Easy pick up and play. And are there that, a lot more, sorry, new games than there were before? Yeah, so, so they've done really a couple curious. of seasons since we, because we, we picked it up and it was just that that kind of very, and like I said, it's still very multicolored, but it definitely like everyone had that was in theme. a hot dog costume. Yeah, like exactly. One, you know? And it's come a long way because there was even a time where they had a limited like uh, edition Aloy from Horizon costume that you could get. And you see loads of stuff. There was a, we, we were clicking through characters while we were, you know, because we were, you were so good at it, Luke, that you would cross the finish line and we'd be waiting for ages for everybody else to cross the finish line. So we were like flicking through characters. There was The Undertaker. Oh, you yeah, know? The Undertaker. There was like, a person dressed up as The Undertaker from, from WWE. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Kill. funny looking. So it's come a long way since we played it. But that's not what we're here to talk about, gentlemen. <sighs> that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Rare. Rare gaming. Or Rare, I have it written down, but they actually, Rareware. Rareware. Mm. See, see, I've done my research, Craig. I mean, yeah, if I've you look up Rare games, you're not going to find any games made by Rare. No. <laughs> so no. we were smart to do that. <laughs> so we'll give you, we were kind of like, for us, when we were talking about episodes that we'd like to do, um, especially for you and me, Craig, we played a lot of Rare games in the 90s. We kind of yeah. thought, well, let's talk about Rare being kind of king of the 90s when it came to video games because they were so good back then. They well, had, I considered them like absolute top dog. Yeah. You know? One of my favorite games it would definitely be in my top five well, but maybe not i would like to think it, it could make it my top five games of all time in, in the you know early 2000s late 90s i'll have to double check when it exactly came out but it's got so much stuff so i thought we'd give for our listeners who aren't overly familiar with rare i'll give a little brief kind of backstory of kind of where they came from where they're at today and we were thinking we just go talk through some of those some of those amazing games that they came out with so they were established in 1985 by tim and chris stamper I'm assuming brothers, if they both have the shit of the same name, or that's a massive coinkydink. Um, and in its early days, it supposedly it was like really well backed by Nintendo, of all people. Nintendo were like, we see something good here. Here's loads of money. Make good games. And off you go. And uh, after the release of Donkey Kong Country, I think, if my reading from Wikipedia is correct, <laughs> that's where I get all my information, everybody. Um, they supposedly kind of, after the release of Donkey Kong Country, Nintendo knew that they were onto something here and kind of upped their stake in it i think luke you you and me were talking you said it was around about a 49 percent yeah they made them a second party developer and didn't buy a majority stake but 49 percent yeah Uh, so they brought out donkey kong country in 1994 which was like critically acclaimed and went on um to start selling their games under the name rareware throughout the 90s that was their that was their name i can even picture the symbol coming up on screen before great so good yeah so good so um received critical acclaim for the donkey kong country series as long or as well as goldeneye um banjo kazooie perfect dark which we'll get into for sure and conquers bad fur day which i believe is a uh, up there in some of your your old old time favorites one of my gems of gaming yeah and then in 2002 which was like the dark day for for rare it was acquired by microsoft uh well i would say dark day but things kind of 
petered off for Rare after that. Um, so after the 2002, they made games such as Perfect Dark Zero, which was meant to be kind of like the sequel to the original Perfect Dark, uh, which wasn't as well received as I had hoped and who most people who had played Perfect Dark had hoped. And then went on to make games like Viva Pinata. They had a lot to do with the Xbox Kinect games and the Kinect technology. And uh, also was recently as 2018. I think that's their most recent game is the Sea of Thieves, which Luke, that's where your expertise like You're the only one of us who's played Sea of Thieves, right? Big fan, big Sea of Thieves fan. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately fans and former employees um, have come out to say that I've been quite critical um, since the acquisition by Microsoft to say that the output of Rare since the 2002 acquisition has been well, not what they would have hoped. And it's clear, I mean, if you go on and do a quick Google search of like, you know, what games came out pre-2002 to post-2002, their collection is unbelievable. So we'll get into that. Craig, what would be, you know, I say rare to you, what's your initial thought? My initial thought is instantly Perfect Dark. You know, nice. Because I think GoldenEye gets too much credit because of the movie. In fact, when they went to do Tomorrow Never Dies, they were outbid by like, I know, Activision, Acclaim, whoever it was. And I was just thinking, why would they even care? Because like the the game Goldeneye is nothing like the video like the the, the movie. movie yeah like they'll just take a, a ten second scene from the movie and make a giant level out of it with a completely unique story so like it was never really the game Goldeneye it was just marketed that way you know and probably for good reasons since Goldeneye sold a lot better than Perfect Dark yeah <laughs> so they were onto something but Perfect Dark is better in absolutely every, every, every single, single way. way yeah yeah I think Perfect Dark has such a strong place in my childhood because we never owned the nintendo 64 but my brother's friend did and he came over every saturday he brought the nintendo 64 and four controllers and i was always left with the gray one the boring one the default one the default one you know i was the youngest that's just how it went you know um and he brought over perfect dark and it was just one of like first person shooters but like all the different modes the different Mm -hmm. challenges the different characters that you could create we all kind of had um characters from the story so uh uh, my brother's mate who owned the game he played as joanna joanna dark obviously the the protagonist um graham played as jonathan uh who even though the graphics were really weren't great he often said he looked like jonathan or jonathan looked like him i don't know why i mean you couldn't really see jonathan but that's what that's what my brother thought i was an agent blonde guy myself agent blonde okay (laughs) cool because we'll get to we'll get to to mr blonde or agent blonde in a bit because uh i was left with dr foster and my brother played as dr grimshaw i think were the two that that we had so like you know the kind of pretty average the nerdy characters the the, the autocons of uh metal gear solid (laughs) but the modes in that like the games that you could play in that in that game where some of the funniest stuff and you had like the cheats like the big heads and for sorry for people who don't know this is a first person shooter and one of the earliest iterations of a great first person shooter and goldeneye came out prior to perfect dark right yep 1996 or 1997 i think it was 1999 to 2000 when perfect Dark, perfect dark came so quite close to the end of the n64's life cycle yeah and man did it make the most of it because it was just I'll, I'll never forget like the, the thing that happened every saturday was my brother's friend would come over and we'd look at the list of challenges and the challenges would have four stars under each of them to say that you've completed the challenge with one player two player three players four players and our brother's mate was a completionist you know mm-hmm. so he was like hey i'm bringing this over and we're doing all these 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 challenges together but for each added player that you had doing these challenges the difficulty increased exponentially and there was a particular King of the Hill round. I think Ooh, God, like, great like it, it. I could be wrong here, but I think Challenge Thirty Two comes to mind just as a thing in my brain, like because they were all just numbered, you know. But Challenge Thirty Two was this King of the Hill, um, with these like assassin sims 
So the great thing about Perfect Dark was that so all So that would have been like a, a dark sim or a perfect sim. I can't remember which one was the most difficult, but yeah. th the way they had the AI technology in that game was just absolutely incredible. Like, yeah. you know, with the turtle sims or the speed sims, and it was just AI with slightly changed parameters, but you feared them based on their name. Wait, like, explain know. this a little bit to me, the giant ignorant baby. So the AI behaved differently. So the based AI on like the in main? Perfect Dark is still the greatest AI I've ever seen in a, in a shooter. Yeah. And in fact, even in all the Halos and all that type of stuff, it's always just human players, like you know. Whereas in Perfect Dark, you could play four player with your friends, but it would still be a six on six match with you, a friend, and then four AI controlled players who you could kid out. You could change their AI to suit whatever you wanted. So what you could do is you could um, go with a speedy sim who had less health but moved twice as quickly. Oh, okay. You could do, use a turtle sim who had like a shield that like absorbed hits, but he was really slow. So, I mean, they, it was like the Matrix. They're like inputting all these parameters to make these different yeah. AI kind of agents, you know, to go yeah, against okay. you. And there was so many different types. Like there was a revenge sim who would only target the person who killed him. Oh, and he would ignore <laughs> everyone else. There's a rocket sim who would literally only use like... Launchers. Um, uh, grenades, launchers, or anything that could blow up, and he would go around like crazy, just firing off <laughs> randomly. Like it was insane, you know. That sounds really obnoxious. <laughs> but it was in. like, but the modes you create. So this challenge thirty-two thing had, like you said, either two dark sims or two perfect sims. Only two. So we're playing four, four people. So you think you've got the advantage, but these two sims were unbelievable. And there was always king of the hill. And what would happen is you'd run to the hill, you'd have to hold it for a certain amount of time, and then it would ping off and appear somewhere else in the level, and you have to run to it and get it there. And there was always this one spot, because in this temple level, there was always this one spot where oh, it would be this temple. big, massive open area. Kind of you're inside the temple, but a big open area inside the temple. And the doors into the temple were like the, the big rock doors. So the temple doors basically open, and you'd hear them go, you know, like the whole thing lifting. And we would stand in the four of us, right? And like, you know, I was maybe, what well, we're talking about, 2000. So I was like 10, 11, doing my best in this game. And you would, all four of us would be like cowering in this, like cause the, <laughs> the, the hill is now in this this pyramid place. And we'd be cowering there and you'd hear the door open. You'd be like, which door is it? You know, like you, just, you know these perfect sims are coming to hunt you and they were so difficult to beat. But it was just like that. And like they had the opposite as well. You had these these guys called meat sims. And I love that they were called meat sims because <laughs> they were like sims. the easiest. Do they just run at you? And you yeah, oh, yeah. run they at you. They rarely even fire. And if they do, <laughs> yeah. they'll miss. They're yeah. just kind of aiming up and they're down. Stood, they're the stormtroopers of perfect dark. Exactly. And yeah. I don't know if anybody else did this, but there's a level called facility, which was taken straight out of Goldmine, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. And it's kind of, it's a, it's a facility, but upstairs there's like these toilets and in the toilets is a vent that you can go I know exactly it. where you're going with this, yeah. right? <laughs> so to up our stats and to get certain rewards that we needed to kind of like, you know, get whatever achievements or whatever you want in the game, we used to do this thing where we would set up a level where we would have eight meat sims or whatever you want to say, maybe one perfect sim just for funsies. And you'd go up to the facility toilet and you'd close the door and just pack it full of proximity mines. So <laughs> the there's only they, one way in. Yeah, there's only one way in. And what one person would do is one person would get into the vent with this weapon called the Farsight. Oh, I know what the Farsight is. Yeah, yeah everyone knows what the Farsight is. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. literally an X-ray weapon that would look through the entire level and you could focus in on someone and shoot them from anywhere in the level. And it was amazing. And that's what we used to do was just like try and find the perfect sim. Because you could, you could X-ray see them. Yeah. But you For could, anyone who doesn't know, if you've seen that movie Eraser, it's that like 
gun that can like see through walls and shoot through walls yeah so you can essentially just shoot anyone without any sort of resistance yeah and it was and that was i remember so many times sitting with my with my brother that i would be like just down there and i would just be hooking proximity mines on the door all the time while he was up in the vent getting all the kills with the parasite and that was i like as a Stick kid a few laptop guns in the corner the just in case guns, yeah <laughs> and that was the thing as well about it is you know i think of games are very clever designs for weapons and things like that and that had like the CMP 150s, like all these things. Right now that we're it talking even had about a cloaking it. device, you know, where you could literally just press a button and just disappear. Oh, that's and cool. nobody could yeah, see yeah. you. But what was great, and it didn't make it broken, is when you couldn't fire your weapon while you were cloaked. Yeah. So you had to decloak, and it would take a couple of seconds for you your shield to come down before the game would let you fire. Oh, so it balanced the cloaking device, yeah. you know? That is interesting. I wonder if, if Perfect Dark is the first game to do like a cloaking device that gets killed off by shooting or by like trying to shoot because that's been in a lot of games like halo had that and oh did they yeah 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 well well like you could be you could go invisible you could have active camo but as soon as you started to fire your weapon your active camo would wear off while you were firing yeah and so you became vulnerable again but yeah but But to have that in a multiplayer scenario against your mates like you're standing like six feet away from them they can't see you you know (laughs) and you're just although they could look at your screen and then just turn yeah (laughs) it's a screen sniping yeah classic because it was like each weapon had its secondary function, you know. Yes. So, di- so I'd so, forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah, completely. So like there was a, a weapon called a laptop gun, which was just a great and like it was my favorite gun of all time ever. And it would have this. Uh, it was just an assault rifle, and its secondary thing would be that it was a sentry turret. So you would, you'd hold B or whatever button yeah. it was, and it would change the secondary fire. And rather and then than firing, you'd just it, let go, and he would throw it, and wherever it landed, it would just set up. Like it would a stick and like, and like fold it on itself into the form of a sentry gun, and then you just had a sentry gun. So like that, we'd be in the facility toilets, proximity mines, laptop guns, anything else that we could we could set up. Perfect Dark Man, great and great storyline. Yeah, great, great. I mean, we're talking about the multiplayer, which was phenomenally good, of course. But the storyline was was classic as well. Like you know, mm-hmm. like these alien races. Um, the the Mister Blonde, who was quite like a a scary kind of you know otherworldly villain or whatever else. And what was the was Elvis the Martian? Elvis was the Martian. The Martian, yeah, the same Martian pal, that used yeah. to help you, that your your little pal around because you would play the game. The main game had a two-player co-op, not a four-player co-op, but a two-player co-op where you'd play as Joanna Dark and Jonathan or Elvis. A girl who looked just like Joanna, but she had blonde hair. I don't know what her actual name was, Mm. but yeah, you could play the the solo campaign co-op, which was incredible for its time. Yeah, and like the audio for that game, like I'm even, while I'm talking about these things, I can hear the sound of the laptop. I also can hear the music playing as soon as you said that. Yeah, like the menu music, the the certain weapons that you'd fire, like the, the Reaper gun. As well, was a certain weapon that you took the mauler, all these. Oh yeah. my god, all the these cyclone, things. which just like the the ammo even went like through the gun just as you to, fired like, it. Fired. Yeah, like it was the first time in a video game I think I'd ever seen where, like in Goldeneye, when you reloaded, he aimed the gun down and aimed the gun up, and the reload happens. Whereas in Perfect Dark, the clip came out and it went back in, and you'd snap it and you'd you'd do all the stuff. I know every game now has that, but I had never seen that at the yeah. time. I don't know if it was the first. I'm that sure level of not. detail. It's but interesting. Like you guys are talking about Perfect Dark, and I have very little reference for this, but everything that you're mentioning is bringing up memories for me of Time Splitters. Well, it's the same guys who made Time yeah, Splitters. Right. Too. I was going to say, is that the fraction that so like rare? Went on, did a bunch of things, and there was lots of splinter factions from Rare. Yeah. And one of them, I for, we mentioned the name before the podcast, but I can't remember it. But one of the groups from Rare made Time Splitters. And when I played Perfect Dark, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is Time Splitters before Time Splitters <laughs> existed. Like, this is because, again, like such fond memories of that game. But yeah, that's. And Time Splitters really had a similar things. thing. Like, uh, the Time Splitters games tended to have 
the like the AI was quite clever in that you yes. get very difficult bots in it and they the customization and stuff. And yeah, because like it was yeah, yeah. it was a real like perfect arc for the series that the main storyline had. Like it was it was quippy as well. Like Elvis as a Martian yeah. had like real funny things to say and all the different types of characters you could have in a you know if you were doing a multiplayer game with loads of AI you could have loads of AI of different. Um, you could make you could put an, a, a Martian's head on Mr. Blonde's body if you want. You could just like <laughs> kind of customize the AI, AI before you threw them in. And that definitely carried over to something like Time Spitters, which like was just goofy and fun. But like as a multiplayer uh, first person shooter, it was quality, like yeah, high quality. Yeah, really, Time Spitters really is an unbelievably good mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, oh man, I could talk about Perfect Dark for, for so long. But even long. like just like Goldeneye, um, like depending on what difficulty you did, and I love this in uh, one player games, like if you went in and did it on the easy setting, like Agent or whatever, you go you kind of beeline straight for the finish line, just kill a bunch of enemies and then it's mission over. But on the harder difficulties, there's far more things to interact with. And Perfect Dark, similar to Goldeneye with the gadgets, but Perfect Dark takes that to a whole new level. Like in most levels, you'll have to use your spy camera to like go to an event and like listen in on a conversation between a bunch of people. No but way. your your spy camera could even like fire weapons and stuff like that. But like the gadgets in Perfect Dark were just absolutely next sounds level. Like, like. Sounds like Hitman level of like 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 thought throughness like mm-hmm. the way they design their levels and i love i know what you're talking about as well like that where if you up the difficulty the game devs actually give you more shit that you've to do to progress through the level exactly I, yeah that always so feels like, really rewarding for me as a kid i was like i'd always do it on the easiest di- i was a coward i always did it on the easiest difficulties and cleared the game and i was like i did it amazing but then I'm like, I'll give the, the harder difficulties a shot. I'm like, oh my God, it's an it's like a whole new game because yeah. I'm getting all this extra stuff to do That's yeah, so that cool. the originals didn't want me to do. And it's just an excuse to use all these great gadgets. Like, you know? Yeah, a classic, uh, an unbelievably good game. And I'm glad we, we started on that one. But I guess, Luke, to put it to you, if I were to say rare, what comes to your mind? Sea of Thieves. <laughs> <laughs> um, a game I never played. Yeah. Oh no, great game. Like it's so funny though. I was it's looking It's been patched about a bunch of times now, right? As of 2022. I oh my it's god, been yeah. Massively it's patched. The the biggest criticism I had when it came out was that there it was a fantastic game in which there just wasn't a lot to do and they've kind of been working really hard at that ever since then, like putting content into the game. And now there's bloody loads of stuff to do in that game. It's great. It's so fun to just drop in on, especially like not to toot the Games Pass horn again, but because it's on Games Pass and I can just pick it up whenever I've never paid for it, I just pick it up and play it. It's really lovely to go in and just get a little pirate ship, like get even the tiniest pirate ship and just go exploring and be like a lot of what you can do in that game is telegraphed in the clouds and in the distance. So you just see a cloud that's like shaped like a skull in the distance and you go, oh, what's that? And you just take your little ship and go over to it. And on the way, you run into other pirates who try and mess you up who are actual people it's it's a quality game it really but in is. terms of content was there a lot to do other than fire cannons now yeah there's tons so like there's loads of there's loads of islands there's loads of quests there's loads of uh like it, it's all themed very differently and there's like all these different expansions and stuff if you do get super into it and you want to go down that route um but yeah it's just it's kind of at the base level of it it's just a really beautifully really well fleshed out pirate game where just the feel of it has always been so good like you go in you start off in the tavern like you make your pirate you go out to the dock where your ship is that like you select your ship before you load in there's different classes of ships based on how many people you're going to be playing with and there is one ship that they didn't do this for a long time but there's one ship where you can basically it's basically a one to two person ship and 
running it with one person is hard but it is possible and that's what i do a lot of the time and it's really fast like it's a tiny ship one of the faster ships in the game but if you get spotted by a bigger ship you're prop they're probably going to chase you down until they kill you um and then like even the death when you when you get killed off in that game you get basically you get sent to davy jones's locker and you have to choose to respawn and then you come back on your ship and usually your ship's on fire when you come back that's just it's just there's a lot there there's a lot of meat to it now and it's a very fun experience to to go through i'd love to i'd love to go on like a big tirade about it and like keep fleshing this out but i recommend like if people especially if people out there listening have game pass download it and give it a go like you'll be you can get it on pc or xbox like if you don't have an xbox and you have pc game pass like definitely give it a shot and just because it's be, like the art style in it is gorgeous my it's my so only, my only experience of it is watching uh very casually watching uh there's a youtuber or like a twitch streamer or whatever else and i've seen it just came up on my like youtube shorts algorithm for a while he kept mm. popping up but he dresses as jack sparrow like you, you have the small picture of him as streaming and, and the picture of the game but he does an incredible jack sparrow impression and it's all of him like you know getting some of the you know robin like you know hopping onto the people's boats trying to take over their boats and he goes this day you know whatever it's jack, jack sparrow like he's doing all the jack sparrows that was a terrible impression of jack sparrow myself but like it's i watched that being like this looks like a fun game if i could do a jack Great sparrow way to impression, experience the game yeah yeah like yeah. and he's going full pirate like you know but i was watching that being like that looks like fun yeah most people who play it seem to descend into that kind of pirate role play when they do yeah. just like shit and it's really fun as well because like there's a there's basically one of your like carryable equipment things is this like horn where you can magnify your voice to another ship and like to hear people shout at your ship and like pirates speak me like yeah where do you think you be going and that kind of thing and it's really cool the community is super cool and um, they've put a lot of love into the game at this stage and it really shows it was like when it came out it was a solid game that didn't have a lot of game to it and now it's a solid game with loads of content that you can pour like loads of errors into it and you'll get a lot back the community is cool i've had a few experiences with it where i'm not sure what's going on and kind of down like your experiences with final fantasy 14 someone comes o- over to you and is like hey do you, do you need a hand like figuring stuff out and i'm like yeah i don't know how, what do i do with this treasure chest now that i have it and they're like oh yeah bring it over here i've had a few people like walk Doesn't like me it, through. good communities in oh, gaming man. that's all you want it's really lovely um no so yeah i recommend sea of thieves that's kind of that's the majority of my experience with rare but also like e- xbox game pass has like all the rare replay stuff so i've played a few hours of banjo kazooie I have played. I don't know if I set up Goldeneye to download that one. Just came out well, gold, the other day. The the new one they've just made. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's going to be like, but it's just there. So okay. like most things on Game Pass, it's there. So I'll, I'll give it a shot and see what it's like. But it's uh yeah no that's that's kind of that's more or less it. Banjo Kazooie is kind of when I think of Rare, I kind of think of Banjo Kazooie because. It just seems to have affected so many people's lives and such a. Well, we only way. had like when we did our Christmas episode. Um, you couldn't speak highly enough of Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, which is another reason I won't do it again today. But like <laughs> Banjo Kazooie is like the rare like creation. Yes. Like it's even like out of all the characters in Smash Brothers that people wanted, Banjo was just always a front front runner because it seemed like based on his runner, history but, but with Nintendo in the nineties, like the very first Smash Brothers, he should have been in there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. As as like what. Was it 12 characters in the first one or whatever exactly it was? Yeah. yeah and the yeah. fact that luigi was in it then you know it's great so <laughs> there, was, there was empty spots up for filling my <laughs> first p- 
point, my first gripe of what you said was uh, was a front runner. I'll have you know that Sakurai came out and said that Sora was the front runner always. Just putting it out there. I meant for the original game, nah. but no, like the more the years have gone on, it makes less sense for Banjo to be in uh, Smash. But I'm games. so glad he made the cut in the end, and it was interesting because, like you know, as you said, if this was Nintendo pre 2002, um, or let's say Microsoft never took it over banjo would have always been a shoe-in yeah. but with the microsoft acquisition there was always this doubt about well mike you know is nintendo really going to cut a deal with xbox or microsoft to right, get banjo yeah. back into yeah. their into that realm so glad that he did but yeah banjo was a, an amazing game great soundtrack great levels a really original 3d platformer uh, for those who didn't know what i was talking about at the intro to this episode he's the bear with the bird pal <laughs> it's funny because in the game they did earlier uh, one of their first kind of cartoony games which i well, I mean, they did Battletoads, which is massive. Like, and anyone who's a fan of Teenage Ninja Turtles would love that game. It's very, very similar, except they've, they've just big, massive feet and lips and stuff like that. It's quite weird. But in 1991, or not 1991, uh, the first game they did, I think, for the N64 was Diddy Kong Racing. And in that, they, like, introduced all these characters. So Banjo was actually in that game. That's right, yeah. And also Conker uh, from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Before their game. actual games. So yeah, Rare yeah. was mm-hmm. starting to set up their own kind MCU. of... MCU. You know, their own <laughs> cinematic universe with gaming. And then they were slowly putting in all these characters. Yeah, yeah. Which, it's annoying because, like, there was this deadly tiger named Timber who was so cute. And, like, I just wish he had gotten his own game. He was probably going to be next. Because there was Timber and there was, a co- there was a turtle. So you could look at the cast of Diddy Kong Racing and go, man, all of these guys probably would have got their own game yeah, in time had, had, they had, had it kept going. Because, yeah. like, Banjo was next and then Conquer a couple of years later. Like. I think speaking of Diddy Kong Racing, it would, we wouldn't be doing Rare Justice if we didn't talk about the Donkey Kong Country series. And Chris would also kick our asses because I think he is very much stated that Donkey Kong Country 2 is probably up there with one of his favorite games of all time. But for anybody who hasn't played Donkey Kong Country and has the Switch and has the Super Nintendo Entertainment System on that, which is free to download, Donkey Kong Country is free also to play on that. And it's a must, I think. As I played it go. on Friday for the first time with my girlfriend and she whooped me. She was absolutely amazing at it. And I was left like speechless as to like, what the hell am I doing wrong? I thought I'd played platformers before. But it's really, really difficult, but yeah. in a really good way, you know? And it doesn't open with like a green zone or just forest hill type of level. You're it's immediately right on a pirate ship in the heat of everything, like, yeah. you know? Like, it really just took risks very quickly, you know? That was, that was the first Donkey Kong game that had been made since the OG one, was it? Donkey Kong Country? I th- ooh, correct us if we're wrong here on the Gift of Gaming podcast at gmail.com. I'm just throwing it in there whenever I can. <laughs> nice. um, but yes, I think I can think of, a, of Donkey Kong making an appearance in between that moment of that original Donkey Kong Mario game where you're climbing up the girders and then Donkey Kong Country. I can think of a... Another time he made an appearance. Because he's not actually in uh, Donkey Kong Country 2. Or is it called Diddy Kong Country 2? So no, uh, I'm not it's, sure uh, what, it's th- The second one is called, I think... Oh, Chris is going to kill us. Uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong Country 2, Sorry, Diddy Kong's Adventure. Or okay, because s- he's like not that. in it, right? It's Diddy Kong and then this girl. Uh, yes, so in the first one, it's Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. And I have to say, I have... That game... Looking at it now as a person who's played a lot of video games and can look back on it and, you know, judge it for what I believe it should have been back in 1994, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal how good it looks. It's phenomenal how well it plays. And the soundtrack, Mm. I have not... Even still now, I struggle to find games that were as atmospheric as um, Donkey Kong Country. And it sounds mad to think that this is the 2D platformer from 1994 done by Nintendo and Rare. 
I would compare it at, atmosphere wise with the likes of, you know, like journey, like those kind of those indie ones that really just made you just, because there's the first, the first two levels in Donkey Kong country, you're kind of at the beginning and mm-hmm. there's no thing to teach you the controls. You're just jumping around and trying to figure it out, but it's the music. You know, and it's like, you know, the first level is like this real upbeat, like, dun, 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 bum, bum, ba, dun, ba, dun, and you're like, wow, and it's, and it's really good music. And that's kind of like, hey, this is, this is a fun game. And then you get to the second, um, the second level, and it's lashing rain, there's a thunderstorm, and it's all like, do, 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 and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty pensive and pretty dark. It was like music wise, level design. I was like, this is, and it's a pity because, I mean, I, okay, came out when I was three. I didn't play it till years later uh, when we used to plug back in the Super Nintendo. Yeah, but my God, as a game, it holds up so well. And I can see why, because I think talking to Chris, I never played the second one, but talking to Chris, he was mm-hmm. like, they improved on everything. Yeah. Everything just got better in the second one. Um, and I mean, you played it the weekend. I, I mean, mean I, you, I'm someone who doesn't play old games. Like I, if I didn't done. like it at the time, then I move on and I don't come back. So I'm like, no, because something better exists now, surely, yeah. you know, but that was a joy to play. Like, you know, that's nice. And some of my favorite, um, and it sticks with me forever, one of my favorite levels. If, you, if we were to do an episode, let's say a podcast episode on our favorite levels on 2D platformers or something like that, you know, that actually sounds like a pretty good idea. It you know, does, I'm going to hold that know. thought. Um, but one of the ones that would definitely fall on my list um, was when you got much later on in Donkey Kong Country, there was this mining cart level. Oh, I've seen this. I've seen gameplay from this. Before. Oh, yeah. It, like unbelievably difficult, but so satisfying. And it would have, again, music wise, it was like, quite intense you know it was real like kind of indiana jones action you got to get out of here type thing and you're in a minecart and you're flying down these tracks and the tracks are broken in so many places and you got to make the jump and i can even hear the sound of like the jumping minecart and it <laughs> landing again but we had a slot on our super nintendo i think there was three save files and one of them was a pretty much fully complete one and for years every now and again i'd like plug in the super nintendo to try and beat the likes of aladdin or mickey mouse because they were incredibly challenging games with no save points mm-hmm. and i was always like maybe i can do this that never could those games fucking impossibly hard but Donkey Kong Country I always revisited loaded up that complete save file walked to the island where the minecart level was and redid it all the time all the time because it was so good and so difficult you know I can't recommend it enough yeah but so you can't I think that's now a staple on all the Donkey Kong games like there's always a minecart level because it's just so infamous that yeah. they just always go with that now because it it's so, just something everyone looks forward to yeah and they had like they and they had a cute like animals that you could if you collected, a, let's say, three ostrich statues in a level, you'd end up getting the ostrich and be able to run around on an ostrich or under level waters. There was a, a swordfish and there was a rhino. Now, people will know all the names of these who are proper fans. I'm obviously not a proper fan. But even that, for a 1994 game, to have these mounts, essentially, that would change the level entirely for you. Like, and again, still graphically amazing. Like the, I, I could even like, see in my head right now the rhino could trash open secret walls and stuff for you and it all looked like for 1994 it all looked so so good you know i'm, I'm thinking of like other things that would have been around 1994 like the old Final fantasy games that were popping out in 94 95 those even, 2d pixel ones like compared to a mario game like a, that was the best that nintendo could do at the time without rare was like a mario game that had slightly more pixels and more color palettes but it didn't have full like models i know that models move in three in 2d but they were full like rendered models yeah and nothing compared. Like Rare just kind of cracked some formula on how to speak to the hardware and they were just like showboat. And the level design, like the backgrounds of those levels, like you think of, I mean, one of the things that myself and my friend Danny do year on year is go back and play Super Mario Bros. 3. Like religiously, we'll mm-hmm. always complete that every year. We'll go back and do it. I love the game. Some of the greatest platforming gameplay that exists. Per backgrounds. 
Terrible backgrounds. <laughs> you know, but like, now again, I I could be wrong. I think that's, that game 1990, that game actually could be 93, 94. But even if you play the like, new Super Mario Brothers games on the Wii U or the ones on the Switch, they always just have a generic sky background yeah. or a generic whatever it is and it never changes you know but like there was like there was cold mountain levels and you could feel the, the blizzard blowing in the background the lightning with the rain and i was like whoa like this this is insane and i think it definitely and it's a pity because if rare still existed today as it did then i think donkey kong as a character would be a huge i think so a huge, huge yeah. ip like you know up on the level with mario would be having these games you know yeah fighting it out you know because back then and they made three of them and i could and they, they still make them on the ds they, i think well, no they made because retro studios took over because once rare um were bought out by microsoft they had to give the license back to donkey kong because nintendo were never giving up donkey kong like yeah. you know so retro studios made the um the donkey kong games for the wii and wii u and the and, 3ds and, and they've been really really well received and ha have really captured the spirit of rare like yeah but there hasn't been one since like 2014 and i've no idea why like yeah you know, they they, they had the, the very popular the frozen there was a frozen Tropi island tropical freeze, freeze. Yeah. tropical freeze that was and the I, third one in this in the in the series and it, it it's critically acclaimed yeah like, you know class and it had all like it did really bring me back to the, the early days of Donkey Kong Country but it's like that's what I mean it's such a pity that Rare went the way that it did understandably so I mean look Microsoft was a huge thing and you think an acquisition in 2002 would have meant big things for Rare and unfortunately it didn't go that way oh, god it's so sad looking through the history like the amount of projects that you come across with Rare where it was like oh yeah Rare we're really ge gearing up to do this like 2015 they're gearing up to do this big Conker's Bad Fur Day reunion like game and it was like, yeah, project cancelled. And going back even further, like, I remember I was... But that's kind of resting on there. Like, they'd already remade Congress Bad Fur Day on the Xbox. So yeah. I'm just like, if they're... And if then that, they did the Rare game, the, the Rare Pass, like that yeah. same year you're talking about. I'm like, if they're just focused on remakes, then yeah. they know their best years are behind. Uh, that, yes. That could have yeah. been Daddy Microsoft trying to cash in on some nostalgia there. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but then there was, like, there were... Uh, sorry, another thing that kind of comes up when I think of Rare is... I've said it to you before, Craig, but Viva Pinata... Uh, came out in 2006 and that was great at the time like I, I remember on the Xbox store you could get a demo of Viva Pinata that was literally just the whole game with no saving function so if you wanted to play the full game if you, you had to pay retail price you got the full game and you could save your game or you could do the demo and just like play it for as long as you'd leave your Xbox turned on which wasn't a famously good idea back then because they used to melt the motherboards but uh Viva Pinata was incredible and it was really well received the only problem with it is it came out the same year so obviously at this stage Rare is a Microsoft company mm -hmm. it came out the same year that Gears of War came out and Microsoft saw the sales for Gears of War and were like well I guess it's these guys I guess we're giving it to the gears guy the big muscly dudes with the chainsaws are selling a lot of games so they're the ones who are going to get think the that's, spotlight that's fair though i mean like when the 360 launched two of the uh, launch titles were rare games perfect dark zero and yeah. cameo elements of power oh yeah both disasters like you know, and it's I mean, so, they it did it okay but i mean like both those games were supposed to come out in the gamecube and cameo elements of power looked amazing for years and the fact that like it was shelved and then just thrown out years later as a launch title for the 360 i mean they clearly hadn't done the extra work in in it after they'd switched over from nintendo and to it's microsoft it, it's one of those things that always pains me when you've got such a great original thing and its sequel is like horrifically disappointing like perfect dark we talked enough about it already earlier on but perfect dark zero as the 
successor, the sequel, the whole, hey, we're bringing Perfect Dark back in 2005. I was like, excellent. Now, I didn't own an Xbox, but like that, was, if there was ever a thing to pull me to buy an Xbox, that might have been it. Mm. And it came out, and I was like reading reviews. Well, they, like, they instantly no, not great. made it more cartoony. You yes. Know? So they just removed that kind of realistic art style that made Perfect Dark so popular, like, yeah. you know? I saw the trailers or like, you know, the, the, the images and stuff come forward, and I was like, this isn't Perfect Dark. <laughs> Why'd you so can we move do on that? to something a bit more graphic, perhaps? Uh, yeah, yeah. We're all grown up and a bit more serious. But like, in terms of, I mean, because Rare made whole selection of games and one i'm going to bring up here is i think is one of the best title video games ever it's not a great game but if i was ever to name a video game jet force gemini <laughs> oh what a name what a name and it's a i this there's there's so little of it i remember it with the exception of the multiplayer another rare game but we're going back now towards perfect dark well, we've era. kind of been all over the place so it doesn't really matter yeah yeah <laughs> another game by rare at some point in its history uh go check it out but uh this is a game i was quite young playing it but animation wise and luke as a person who animates things, uh, you might appreciate this. One of the things I always loved about this game, and I was like, do I remember that correctly? Is this like a nostalgic Darren, little Darren remembering this thing incorrectly? But I watched a video earlier on today of just the characters running around in the multiplayer. The animation, the movement of the characters. So for those who don't know, Jet Force Gemini was like a, you know, uh, I guess for the, for the campaign was like a one player, kind of like a Star Fox adventure in space type thing with unusual characters. But then there was a multiplayer, which was just the four of you against each other with a bit of a shoot 'em up with like a couple, a handful of weapons or whatever. And it was the third person. So behind, is that correct? Behind yeah, the character? Yeah, third yeah, third yeah. person shooter. Um, but I loved how the characters moved. As a kid, it just really, and the art style was quite, was quite funky as well. And as a kid, I loved that game. I've watched videos of it since and been like, <laughs> It's not a great game. And when I tried playing it a couple of times, and it is rough. Like yeah. the aiming kind of goes all over the place yeah. and stuff. But it was very fun, and like it had a cute uh, style. And what I used to do with that game was, so sometimes we got a lend of the Nintendo sixty four from my brother's mate. He might leave it with us for a week, and I was like, wow. And uh, on a Saturday morning, I might feign that I was sick, that I wouldn't go swimming. So my brothers would go swimming, and I wouldn't, and I'd be there left with the Nintendo sixty four. I'm like, okay, here we go. And what I used to do was I used to put Jet Force Gemini into the Nintendo sixty four, plug in four controllers, and do a four player map select four characters but i just ran around and explored the level oh, i cool, guess something yeah. about the arts that and the levels were small like they weren't great and they were all like just this perfect square level with a couple of objects in it but at whatever age or whatever whatever way the arts i was on it it fascinated me when i was younger that i would just run around as this character checking out every nook and cranny and every multiplayer level which now when i think about <laughs> it would only probably take me about a minute to walk around and be like well this is a boring level i'm out and done but like it really pulled me back then the weapons are really simple and everything but um I just think, like, because that was the thing that annoyed my brothers and my brother's mate as well, is that we'd be playing something like Perfect Dark, or two of them might be having a battle with Pokemon Stadium, and I'd be like, hey, can we play on Jet Force Gemini? <laughs> you know? It's like, no, Darren, that game's terrible. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, again, another, I would say a rare gem, a rareware gem. Mm -hmm, uh, just sure. an interesting, because uh, I think one of the characters was like a dog or a one of the characters was a dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was like the brother and sister, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're all kind of, they, they had like and antennas he has, he has and stuff. And a gun on his back and he runs around on all fours. Yes. Yeah. Just very, like, just a very, and it's the kind of thing that I would have loved a TV show out of. Like an animated TV show I'd out of Jeff Force so Gemini. Done well. it, it really did feel like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So that that's another. I'm trying to think. Do we have any other? Uh, can you think of anything else, uh, rare wise, Craig, that we've missed? Oh well, we haven't talked about Conker's Bad Fur Day. Ah, yet, there we so. go. Okay, okay. <laughs> there's the one. Just gearing up for it. Like, let's let's round it out with with some Conker's Bad. Well, I mean, just because I don't want to like gloss over like so many great games that came in the '90s. So I mean, I mentioned Diddy Kong Racing, and then mm-hmm. we did have Banjo, and Banjo Tooie is supposed to be really, really good as well. I just never got to play it because it came out so late in the lifestyle. But all of these games now are actually available on that rare uh, replay yeah, thing rare that replay. they made in 2015, which I assume is on Game Pass. Tis. So I'm going to promote Game Pass here, folks, and tell you that you <sighs> need to like play some of these games. Because what is they, happening? It's the Somebody best way else. to experience it. And the shortcomings of most of these games, particularly the first-person shooters, are because you played them on an N64 controller. <laughs> so with modern-day controls... Um, like amazing like they could only just be 10 times better just based on the control system yeah. you know you don't have to strafe around corners anymore admittedly i did love doing that though you know you went <laughs> so much faster but yeah i won't waste time on that that'd be another video by itself but congress bad for they need to mention because it was both an amazing game and one that's critically flopped because it, by the time it came out the n64 was done like yeah. playstation had conquered and Uh, (laughs) I I wish I had thought of that ahead of time. That was on purpose. Um, So PlayStation had taken over, and by the time uh, Congress Bad Fur Day came out, it was very, very difficult to even buy a copy. I had to get mine for like £70, which was like £15 more expensive than a a normal game at the time. Sorry, did you say £70? £70, Jesus. Games were £55 back in those days, but this one was £70, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on with this, but that's the price it was. That's probably like... like today that's probably like a hundred quid yes at least but games were more expensive back then for sure especially in n64 games which had the cartridges you know yeah they were always about 10 pounds more expensive than a playstation game and before you 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 crack into conquer's bad fur day just to kind of put in perspective i'd never played this or heard heard of it but colin your brother was like talking to me about it and i was like this sounds mad and everything anti-nintendo it's so not nintendo so uh, apparently they like if you look at conquer in diddy kong racing he's a very cutesy squirrel who's just like happy to be there not at all like the character who would get his his own video game five years later so apparently like when they were making the game people were like it's just so much like banjo that like will it do well so they just scrapped the project started again and just threw the middle finger up quite literally and said like let's do a kind of 15s 18s type of game and just throw like a bunch of sl- a slander at the wall and see what happens like and all the while they're ripping off famous movies from the last decade so they rip off aliens terminator saving private ryan is one of my favorite scenes ever they do the beach of normandy but with all these squirrels running to try oh and God. beat the teddy bear teddy bear army like so the evil enemy in this game are a bunch of teddy bears <laughs> I like that. I, and they, I think the one of the clips that, that Colin had showed me back in the day was, did they do, do, do a rip of the Matrix as well? Or am I thinking of the Terminator? So no, you were completely right. That just shows how many there are. But there's a, a bank. It's one of the final levels. And it's literally the final scene in... The Matrix. Not the final scene, but the, with the, know, the bank scene. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. like shot where for shot, the exact same scene. Where they walk through the metal detectors and they, they have all the guns. and that very, that ex- That's the exact thing that happens in the trailer. Conker <laughs> walks through with the briefcase and the... The evil henchman's like, please place the metallic objects in the tray. And then, like, the alarm goes off, and then it's just Conker shooting everyone. And then his girlfriend walks in and blows away one guy, just like Trinity did. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. But then you literally go left to right, and, like, you just press the B button, which is, Conker would call it context sensitive. So 
in Congress Bad Fur Day, the power up, like in Mario games, there'd be a little position that would have the B button beside it. And any time you got to that, it always gave you exactly what you needed at that moment in time. <laughs> so in this situation, it just gave him two machine guns and like um, threw him into the air. And the whole time he's in the air, it's completely slow motion and he's firing the bullets with the bullet time effect. All the while you're taking um, cover behind the pillars, which are getting wrecked from the machine gun fire, exactly like in the movie. And then when you defeat all the enemies, you go through, conquer and bury, turn around, and the pillar falls down. Like a perfect like oh, movie. Like, like, yeah. And it's it's this it's kind great. of like it's kind of like in a in a way you say maybe is that lazy writing because they're literally just ripping every other but, film. But it's just so it's like do you know how the Simpsons was so popular in the early seasons? They were just ripping stuff off like, you know, yeah. like just it's left, right, center. homage. Like it's all It's all yes. homage because it's different characters doing it. Whereas in this it's a cutesy squirrel on his girlfriend just tearing into the blood everywhere, like, you know. <laughs> this actually sounds great. I really people want, getting ripped to pieces. Sounds like the Matrix game we never got. <laughs> like it's But like that it's that's only like the one level and the thing that I'm fascinated about by it is is there curse words bad language like and so quite the f word is bleeped out but you they would say earthen and like with the bleep and you would know exactly what they were yeah, saying yeah, yeah. but the word bastard is used constantly throughout the game like you know and like imagine as a 12 year old kid i'm like laughing my ass yeah off yeah but like time. imagine being a kid being like mom can i get this cute like nintendo game conquers bad fur day You're like what's the worst yeah. that could happen like, in this there's game there's a scene in this game where one like the a pitchfork character he's beaten he's a boss and he's beaten by conquer and he's so ashamed that he goes to hang himself and his fellow um like paint can friends are just like everything is in is alive in this game like any yeah. object has googly eyes and can talk yeah whereas in this like the paint cans in the room are just like you stupid bastard like they're hillbilly like paint cans and they're just yeah. he doesn't even have a neck what the fuck is he doing trying to kill himself and he's up there like <laughs> i don't even have a neck what am i gonna do and, and he's just swinging there like an idiot like and they're laughing at him calling him a bastard and it's like, like it's it's weird that like because that game opens i'm assuming with the nintendo logo Yes, it would have Which to. Which is insane yeah. <laughs> to think that they ever let that through the door. Like, you know. I want to get this on Game Pass tonight. Yeah. I want to go up and start this. Oh, it's just, it, and they did a remake on the Xbox where like they made it quite realistic and they added lots of fur effects and stuff like that. But it doesn't have the same charm. Like, you know, it just yeah. seems more serious. And like, Conker's just full of jokes. And they hit more with the whimsical good nature of those kind of characters and how like colorful and bright they are. Like the very first thing that happened in Conquer, like, is he's out on a piss up with his friends, and he's ringing his girlfriend Barry, and he's lying to her about why when he'll be home. And then the very next scene, he strolls out of the house, and then he just walks off randomly. And the whole game is him just trying to get home, but he can't, and he's hung over to bits, like you know. And you go through <laughs> all these different worlds, all these dif different yeah, yeah. adventures, like it's such all a, the while him just trying to get back to his guy. Such a lazy, like people were like, "We need one last game to get out the door before Nintendo or the Nintendo sixty four kicks it." And it's just like it just sounds so lazy, but like as you said, homage. Like yeah. you know, you can't go wrong with homage. But the Beach of Normandy scene is literally th that scene from the movie as well, where like you know the 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 boats show up on the beach and as soon as like the door opens everyone gets shot gets blown off and there's one <laughs> there's even a squirrel running there and he picks up his arm and walks off like just in the movie and stuff people getting annihilated with flamethrowers it's just it's but it's, it's okay because they're squirrels <laughs> it's okay because they're squirrels yeah. like but narratively it still all makes sense and it's a good like the main plot other than the, him trying to get home him trying to get home the main villain can't drink his milk because the, one of the legs off his table broke so anytime he puts his milk on the table, it falls off the table and 
breaks and it always makes him angry. So his scientist is coming up with all these sort of strategies to fix the table. Like he's doing all these major calculations and stuff. And then he draws up on the boards. The only thing that'll work is a squirrel. It's the perfect size to like tape to under the table to fix it. <laughs> so, so the so main wacky. plot of the video game is that this evil panther king just wants a squirrel. Wants to get his hands on a red squirrel so that he can drink his milk. <laughs> like it, I, I stuff like that. I don't know how it gets out the door, but I'm glad it did because like th- there's stuff like that that's bad that gets out the door and is bad. And then you've got things like Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, which is just as you said, like a bit of a flop, but with a massive cult following. Yeah today but a great game and mm. a fantastic multiplayer which i mean do i even have time to talk about well i'm just going to i don't care but like there was a they even think of doing modes like uh, okay let's do the beach of normandy but in the multiplayer situation so what they have done is a few people get to play is the squirrels usually two to three human characters and then a bunch of ai so that the teddies have something to shoot so basically they have to like run up the beach and just get to like um the, the doors leading out uh, yeah. to, the, 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 to the outside world or whatever. But the teddies, meanwhile, are up in their, in their trenches with sniper rifles, with rocket launchers, with machine gun turrets, and it's pitch black. And the squirrels have to just get up the beach and just get to safety. But there's all these different routes. There's multiple routes they can take, and the teddies can't watch everything at once. There's only two of them. Yeah, yeah. Whereas there's lots of squirrels, you know? So they're all racing up, and like a squirrel might hold back and like watch his friend get killed so that he can make a bolt for it. So <laughs> there's all these strategies of watching your friend die to try and get ahead, like, you know? And oh, it's just one of those great games that, like, especially if you're playing split screen multiplayer and the teddy like the pure people playing as the teddies are watching your screen yeah, say, yeah. hey stop that, cheating stop yeah cheating. yeah yeah like, that classic thing <laughs> yeah. i saw a great uh, image of like people playing uh, like that like a, a first person shooter uh, trying to find each other and it was a split screen top and bottom and they made one guy sit in front of the tv and they set the tape a cardboard box to the to the TV and it just rested on his head so he could see his bottom half of the TV and his mate was looking at the top half. This is like them playing a really old game. Like nowadays, it's the only way you could do it without actually people watching. But yes, split screen couch co-op likes a perfect deck on fantastic. But because this stuff isn't really giving it justice. So for anyone listening, I would even say like just type in Conquer's Bad for a day, funniest laughs or best yeah. bits, and you'll be in stitches within. 15 seconds so i guess what we've what we've gotten from from this episode about rare is that it's it's kind of a a bit of a lament because although they have the likes of sea of thieves and i think i mean viva pinata and other things it's definitely this thing that just kind of petered out over time after the acquisition in 2002 and it's so sad because like we said the likes of donkey kong or like a proper sequel to perfect dark had rare still been rareware by itself who knows who what, knows what we today. could have got. Like. Yeah. And we didn't yeah. even talk about Goldeneye because it's just been talked to, to death. Like. Yeah. And for me, Sp- Perfect Dark is the better game. Yes, I um, agree. Yeah. Which many don't because they've only heard of Goldeneye, but like Perfect Dark is just on another level. Yeah. Like, you know. So if you haven't experienced Rare Games listeners out there, anybody who's still listening to us, uh, go play some. Go play, go play Perfect. If you can get your hands on Perfect Dark in any way, shape, or form, play the hell out of that game. One of the best first-person shooters. Go check out Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I feel like I'm a rep for old Rare wear right now but yeah that, that that's rare in a nutshell guys i hope you enjoyed listening to it craig luke thank you guys so much for joining me on our rare wear episode i almost <laughs> i had to take my time with that one i almost completely uh got over it but uh yeah so again for those this is the week that um hogwarts legacy comes out anybody wants to be part of the gifted gaming club uh you're picking it up you want to listen to us in four weeks we can talk about not a full review because we're not that good and we all have full-time jobs and um, <laughs> but we'll, we'll talk about whatever we played about the game in a month's time and uh 
in the meantime craig lou thanks for joining and for all you out there keep enjoying the gift that is gaming thank you so much peace out Bye bye.